Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnards on the NBA. I'm your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hey, it's Emilio. Yeah, that's him. And we're joining you here for our 10th episode in which we discuss the best lineups one could put together of NBA players based upon where they played in college. In this episode, we're going to be discussing players who attended Marquette and Cincinnati. Let's uh, jump right into it by talking about Marquette. We start these uh, podcasts, we go through them position by position, uh, starting with center, then power forward, small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. As I mentioned, let's start with Marquette at center. Emilio, who you got? Jim Jones. Jim Jones, man known as Bunny. Tell us a little bit about Jim Jones. I mean, he won a title. He did. He won a title in uh, 79-80 with the Lakers. Uh, tell us a little bit about his uh, about his career, a little bit about him, because he's a guy who uh, maybe not that well remembered years after his career. Yeah, he was actually a decent player. I mean, yeah, uh, he didn't do much in the league, but he only played for like less than 10 seasons. Yeah, he got 788 regular season games in. That's, uh, that's a pretty respectable run, especially for a big man as he was, played on a few different teams, uh, started out in the ABA and made his way over to the NBA after just a couple of years. A uh, guy who managed to uh, get quite a few shots up during his career, I mean, averaging, uh, you know, something around uh, 13 field goal attempts per game in his prime. Yeah, averaged um, 12 and a half points per game for his career. Yeah, and as we mentioned, that's over uh, almost 800 career uh, regular season games. So certainly made uh, made a contribution where would you say uh, the most memorable part of his uh, career was in terms of the team he was associated with? Probably that Lakers team. Yeah, the Lakers team that won the title. He was uh, a guy who played all 82 games during the regular season for uh, for that Lakers title team. Also played a pretty big role on the Cavs, I think. He was a Cav for uh, the bulk of his career. Wore those uh, uniforms they brought back in more recent years, kind of the dark red ones with like kind of the checkerboard uh, look around the, uh, the trim. Nice, uh, nice look. That's uh, that's Jim Jones for you. All right, I had Jim Jones as well. I mean, there were a couple of different directions you could have gone at center here, but I think uh, the other main candidate for center on the Marquette team we're going to cover with uh, with power forward and all likelihood. So let's get right to that. Mills, who'd you have at power forward? Maurice Lucas. Yeah, I had Maurice Lucas as well. Let's let's talk a little bit about him. Also, a player who uh, played quite some time ago. Yeah, he was a five-time All-Star, um, one title with the Blazers, two-time All-Defensive team. Yeah, he was a great player. Yeah, really impactful player. Uh, played on the on that Blazers team, as you mentioned, that won the uh, won the title with uh, with Bill Walton, and uh, that was chronicled in uh, the classic Jack McCallum book, uh, Breaks of the Game. Fourteenth uh, pick overall in the '74 NBA draft, and I mean, this guy was known as the Enforcer. A really impactful defensive player, to be sure. Um, as you mentioned, a uh, guy who's a two-time all-defense de- all player and uh, part of some uh, really high-quality teams overall. Played over a thousand regular season games in the NBA, in addition to over a hundred playoff games. Actually, uh, started his career in the uh, in the ABA with the uh, Spirits of St. Louis. Yeah, he was averaging in his third season with the Spirits of St. Louis. He was averaging um, one and once a game. Uh, yeah, that was uh, early in his career in the ABA before uh, transitioning to the NBA 
and uh, then, you know, being an all-star another uh, four times uh, as an NBA player. So uh, definitely a meaningful career for Maurice Lucas and a good fit on this uh, Marquette team at power forward. How about at the, uh, at the at the three? I know there were a few different ways you could go with the uh, the three at Marquette. I got Jimmy Butler. Yeah, so this is obviously a contemporary player, a guy who's uh, balling out right now, getting ready to get back to work with the Heat as uh, the restart ramps up. What can you tell us about uh, Jimmy Butler? I know you've watched this guy play a lot. Yeah, five-time All-Star, most improved player, two-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defensive. I mean, most improved player, too. I mean, yeah. great player. I mean, you look at where he was drafted, you know, 30th pick, so final pick in the first round back in uh, the 2011 draft. And he's really, I mean, been a phenomenal return on uh, on that draft pick, obviously taken by the by the Bulls and started his career there and has moved on to a couple of teams since, uh, get, making his way to the, to the Heat in this most recent season after having uh, spent some time with the Timberwolves and with the Sixers as well. But a guy who's really, really improved over the course of years. I mean, you can if you look at his as at his stat line. I mean, came into the league as uh, a guy who was just getting spot minutes, kind of off the bench, and established himself. Yeah, and um, in his first three seasons, he averaged two point six points a game, uh, eight point six points a game, and then thirteen point one points a game. And then in the next season, he averaged twenty points a game, twenty point nine, twenty three point nine, twenty two point two. Yeah, and became an all-star in that in that fourth yeah. season. So really took his game to another level. Was starting every game that he played in by his third season at age 24, and uh, has become a, a star in the league. I would say. I mean, one of the best players on on a good Heat team right now. Yes, for sure. He was also my choice at the three. I think you uh, could have slotted him in at the two as well. Definitely play, has played a lot of minutes at the two, depending on the situation. But. Uh, we have another option at the two that uh, I think you have to defer to when you're talking about Marquette. So let's uh, l- l- let's get to him right now. Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. D. Wade himself. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Dwayne Wade's uh, very, very impressive resume. Yeah, 13-time All-Star. Um, um, uh, 2008-2009 scoring champ, three-time NBA champ, um, eight-time All-NBA, three um, Three-time All-Defensive, All-Rookie Team, um, All-Star Game MVP, and Finals MVP. Yeah, his resume really speaks for itself. I mean, Dwayne Wade, uh, you know, both in the regular season where he was incredibly impressive, played over 1,050 regular season games, you know, 22 points per game for his career. I mean, you know, that speaks for itself. But his playoff runs, really the stuff of legend. I mean, that, that, Oh, five, um, six. Yeah, that first title that he won at, at age 24 on a team with Shaquille O'Neal, who maybe had, you know, more star power at the time, having already won a bunch of titles. What, you give me a look? No. <laughs> uh, Shaquille O'Neal, maybe the biggest name, the biggest star on the team, but Dwayne Wade, the guy who drove team success during that uh, playoff run and into the finals and, and through the finals, beating my beloved Pistons and uh, inspiring um, – my ire for, uh, for for a long time, but you got to respect what Dwayne Wade has been able to uh, to accomplish uh, in his long career. Yes, as you mentioned, an All Star many many times. I played, uh, I mean, 177 playoff games in his career between his time with uh, with the Heat and uh, yeah, he made some cameos late in his career with uh, with, with with the Bulls and, and played some with the uh, with with the Cavs as well during uh, one of the late LeBron years in Cleveland. Uh, the two of them obviously having made uh, sweet music together 
as part of the heels in uh, in, in Miami with uh, with Chris Bosh. Mills is giving me uh, giving me a look with the uh, the sweet music line, but they, uh, they they had some incredible success together. Dwayne Wade, uh, I don't know. Would you say certainly the best uh, Marquette grad ever to play in the NBA? Yes, by a lot. And a certain Hall of Famer, without any question. Yeah, not in the Hall of Fame yet because he only retired last year, but definitely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's not eligible yet to uh, be in the Hall of Fame, but uh, a mortal lock. And he was the fifth pick. He was the fifth pick in an absolutely loaded draft. He was part of that 2003 yeah. class. Yeah, that was one when LeBron went number one, Darko went number two, Carmelo went number three, Chris Bosch went number four. Yeah, I actually attended that draft. Just showed Emilio the uh, the ticket sub of that uh, just yesterday. I came across that again, uh, an, an epic draft, and and one of which uh, Dwayne Wade was was a huge part. Let's uh, let's get to point guard. Yeah, Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers, yes, in, well known as a coach now, uh, has been coaching yes. for quite some time and had a lot of success doing so. Coached the uh, 2008 Celtics to the title and currently yeah. uh, trying to get the Clippers there too. Yeah. Real name is Glenn, actually, one-time All-Star. Yeah, Glenn, uh, Glenn Rivers, but he's one of these guys who uh, has gotten his nickname uh, to become sort of his actual name. Yes, yes. Uh, so t- tell us a little bit about uh, about Doc Rivers as a player. Um, he was um really good at assists. He averaged ten assists a, a game one year with twelve points, so like double double every game. Yeah, yeah, averaging a double-double uh, a game for uh, for an entire season. Uh, that was at age 25 with the Hawks, where he started his career. Yeah, I, I would say he was the best in the Hawks. Yeah, he played the bulk of his career with the Hawks, eight seasons there before uh, moving on to a couple of different spots uh, later in his career, the Clippers, the Knicks. I remember him joining those uh, mid-'90s Knicks teams and uh, finishing his career with the Spurs, but really has made a huge impact as a coach, uh, starting out with the uh, with the Magic and, and – bringing them to respectability, obviously having great success with the Celtics and uh, now with the Clippers as well. A guy who's been a very steadying presence during some uh, tumultuous times with a variety of different organizations. I mean, living through, uh, I mean, you probably don't remember this, but the Donald Sterling uh, issues as, as owner and his ouster as, uh, as, as Clippers owner. And uh, Doc uh, do, doing some, some difficult work, uh, sitting the ship through, uh, through some pretty tough times and obviously has gotten to a place now where he's coaching a championship-level team once again, and we'll see if he's able to bring it home here in the next couple of months. I hope he does. Yeah, that would be cool. I know Mills is a uh, big Kawhi fan, so uh, I'm sure that that would be very exciting, and we'll be eagerly watching that. Uh, so I, he, I actually had him as well. So we're, we're in lockstep on, uh, on these Marquette players. Now, there are a couple other Marquette players that I think we, we need to mention, guys who are, are current players in the league who, uh, you know, we w- would have been trying to get onto these, uh, onto these squads, if not for the stiff competition. Let's, let's get to a couple of those guys. Wesley Matthews, Jay Crowder. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about each of them uh, before we move on. So Wesley Matthews, what would you say about, about him? This guy. His three-point shooting is ridiculous. Yeah, a great three-point shooter for sure. He's, uh, I mean, 25th all-time in three-pointers made. I mean, he's been in the league since uh, 2009 where he broke in with the uh, Jazz after not having been drafted. Um, yeah, I mean, his dad actually played in the league, which I, I hadn't realized prior to uh, doing this uh, research in preparation for the podcast. 
but a, a really a really solid scorer. I mean, probably not someone you'd want as a number two, number one, or number two option on your team, but as a three point shooter, someone who can hang out around the perimeter and who also can you know take it to the basket, uh, you know, when the opportunity presents itself. A really valuable player and a solid defender as well for his size. Mm-hmm. On the Bucks right now. On the Bucks right now. So at, at 33, a uh, guy who started every game uh, the season so far for the Bucks and uh, who is you know gunning for the championship right now. Yeah. How about uh, Jay Crowder? You mentioned him as well. Uh, yeah. 99, almost every team. He played nine on one on the Mavs and then 99. Yeah, that's his uh, uniform number. Yeah, Jay Crowder, uh, uh, d- definitely a 99 fan uh, on his uniforms. And uh, that's... It's pretty cool. Uh, what else can you tell us about uh, about Jay Crowder? A little bit about his game. Yeah, this guy very good. Yeah, uh, he he is he has been very good during his career. I mean, a, a versatile defender, a small forward size guy, but who can who can pop? Who can pop a little bit? Yeah, I mean, thirty three percent three point shooter for his uh, career in the regular season has played over six hundred games and just a really stout presence, really strong physical guy. Can uh, defend uh, defend threes, but can defend you know up a little bit too. I mean on on, on fours because of his physical size and strength. And uh, yeah, he's had an impact for a long time. He's averaged almost ten points per game across uh, over six hundred games. Has played a bunch of playoff minutes as well. Has been uh, an important player in the league to be sure. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, those. I think that that covers the uh, the important uh, regular or excuse me active players who are uh, who, who attended Marquette. Let's uh, let's let's get into a couple of other guys before we move on. Uh, any any thoughts on uh, on Don Kogis? I know that this is uh, a guy who played uh, quite some time ago, but actually had a pretty substantial career in the league prior to uh, to moving on. Actually, made a couple of uh, All Star teams during his during his day. Yeah, I really didn't look into them. Into Don Kogis. Yeah, I mean, you know, twelve point two points per game. Uh, played in a different era where you know it was viable for. Uh, for a, a three to shoot, you know, 44% without, uh, I mean, there were no threes at the time. So what uh, w- wasn't getting into the, the long range shooting game, but I, I thought a player worthy of, uh, of mentioning as a member of the uh, for sure. yeah San Diego Rockets and a couple of other teams early in his career, got played, you know, over 800 games in the league. I can also mention uh, Dean Meminger. Yeah. Now, nothing really to say about him <laughs> from me, but maybe from you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he was uh, known as the dream. Uh, I actually came across uh, Dean Meminger for the first time when uh, like I was. What's that? Like like Akeem, yeah, uh, the, the dream. <laughs> he was a member of the uh, the champion uh, Knicks team in uh, in seventy two seventy three, and his son is actually a reporter, uh, Dean Meminger for uh, New York One News in New York, and uh, while while living in, in New York City, uh, had the the pleasure of uh, of watching a bunch of uh, Dean Meminger's uh, coverage. He still works uh, in in New York, uh, working on local news there as i said a member of that that championship nick team uh bench guy but yes. uh contributor uh, all the same also wanted to mention uh, henry ellenson uh first round pick by the pistons uh, just in 2016 guy who really has not worked out as a uh, as, as a 610 kind of stretch forward that was the hope anyway uh, coming into the league but really has not been able to do enough in terms of uh, the all-around game to yeah. uh, to get on the court anywhere. right now i mean He's averaging almost half a point a game. So, yeah, he's uh, <laughs> yeah ha- hasn't done much in in the NBA, especially in, in recent years when you know he's kind of gotten further away from that first round uh, you know kind of uh, shine that uh, that he had on him initially upon entering the league. Yeah, he averaged six points a game for three years in a row. 
I think it's actually just uh, just one year. It just uh, split across a couple, yeah. couple of different teams. But he's uh, yeah n- hasn't made much of a contribution yet. And although he's only uh, twenty three or will be twenty four next year, uh, he might he might be looking for a career overseas or in, in some uh, lesser league mm-hmm. before too long. And finally, we wanted to mention Darius Johnson Odom. We noticed uh, some... didn't hit a shot in the league, but took eleven of them. Yeah, kind of an interesting note there. Uh, he. Uh, played seven games in the league, took 11 shots, and uh, none of them went down. We're kind of curious uh, what the uh, largest number of shots someone has taken in the NBA without making a uh, field goal is. We'll have to do some uh, research into that. But uh, in- interesting to, uh, to to note him as well. So let's uh, let's just wrap up these uh, these teams one more time before we uh, – we had identical teams, but we can just run through them one more time, Mills, before we move on to the next segment. Um, Marquette, Jim Jones Center. Um, Marius Lucas, power forward, small forward, Jimmy Butler, shooting guard, Dwayne Wade, point guard, Doc Rivers. All right, so we'll be back in just a moment to discuss the NBA players who attended Cincinnati. And we're back to break down our starting lineups for players who played at Cincinnati. just wanted to note that I erroneously attributed the classic book, Breaks of the Game, to uh, having been written by... Jack McCallum, of course, it was written by David Halberstam, just mixing up my classic basketball book authors, uh, David, um, excuse me, Jack McCallum having written Seven Seconds or Less, chronicling the uh, Phoenix Suns. Uh, let's get to, uh, to the Cincinnati players. Let's start out with uh, center. Emilio, who you got at Cincinnati Center? Connie Dierkings. I think you're talking about Connie Dierking. <laughs> the guy who played a long time ago, drafted back in 1958. What can you tell me about Connie Dierking? I mean, he was a fifth overall pick. I mean, he died um, December 29, 2013. Yeah, yeah, you're reading that off of uh, his basketball reference page. We uh, very much appreciate basketball reference, a critical source for us in doing research for these episodes, as we mentioned before. Yeah, he and it remains so. Yeah, played uh, played for, for quite a while, played uh, 706 games in the NBA. What else can you tell us about him? I mean, I, just not a lot of uh, choices at, at center for Cincinnati. I mean, what 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 drew what drew you to Connie Dierking? He averaged over fifteen points a game for three years, and he averaged ten points a game for his career. Yeah, those are impressive numbers. Guy that was a, looked like he was a part time player based on the number of minutes that he played, but productive into his thirties. Played at, uh, at into his age thirty four season, yeah. uh, predominantly with the uh, Cincinnati uh, Royals. Yeah, I mean, he averaged 41 points a game. Um, his field goal percentage was 41% for his career. Yeah, so not not uh, the kind of percentage you would expect from a big now, but a guy who was a uh, solid center for his, his day. Yeah. Noted that he uh, attended high school in uh, Valley Stream, New York, not too far from uh, where I grew up uh, back in Queens and uh, not too far from where we used to live out, out on Long Island. So a uh, hometown guy. I actually went a different direction than uh, Connie Deerking. I went with Pat Cummings. Uh, you know anything about uh, about Pat Cummings, Mills? Um, no. You looking into him at all for, uh, for for this list? I played in the NBA for a little while. Yeah, I did. I thought um, I thought Connie Deerking was better. Yeah, uh, Connie Deerking came along quite a bit before Pat Cummings uh, drafted in uh, 1978 by the Bucks. It's one year later. Yeah, and uh, played. It got in uh, 683 regular season games in the league. Also averaged, you know, right around that same uh, scoring number. Connie Deerking at uh, 10 points per game. Uh, Pat Cummings at uh, 9.6. Also not a uh, full time player. Started uh, 300 of his 386 
excuse me, 300, 683 career games. Uh, shot shot a little bit better than uh, than Connie Durkin, but again, uh, different expectations at a different time in the NBA's history. Guy who was a part of uh, some Knicks teams, uh, played with Patrick Ewing during his early years, watched some highlights of uh, Pat Cummings, and you can see him out there with a young, uh, newly drafted Patrick Ewing, fresh out of Georgetown. Made some contributions in the league, but I think his uh, his uh, inclusion in this team, reflective of the fact that the uh, the bigs from Cincinnati maybe not as impressive as some of the smaller players. Yeah, I mean, you want to move on to um, power forward? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about power forward, where I think we uh, we sync up a little better. Who'd you have in power forward, Mills? Kenyon Martin, one-time All-Star, All-Rookie team. I'm surprised he wasn't the Rookie of the Year that year. Yeah, he uh, he was the uh, number one overall pick in the in the 2000 draft, known as Kmart, like the uh, the store, which uh, no longer exists to anywhere near the same. Uh, uh, degree that it once did. I don't know if there are still Kmart locations out there. I think there are some. But yeah, one-time All-Star, but really uh, an important part of some really good Nets teams early in his career, playing with Jason Kidd, famously, uh, you know, one of the great passers of all time, setting up Kmart for uh, some really, really impressive lobs. We were watching some highlights of, Kevin, of Kenny Martin earlier today. Mills, uh, how would you describe his game? It is like Seth Really likes to throw down, loves to flex his muscles, loves to get up, loves to finish with authority, loves to uh, stick it in your grill and, uh, and do a little posing if uh, the circumstances call for it. Definitely a stylish player and, and a guy who carried a reputation as a, as a genuine tough guy in the league for, for a long time. Really impressive player at Cincinnati, uh, helped make Cincinnati one of the top teams in the country during his time in college there. And, uh, I mean, number one overall pick. Obviously, uh, you know, pretty weak draft in uh, 2000. And look at some of the other uh, guys who were drafted that year. Uh, not, I mean, really, uh, you look at the, the careers of some of those uh, 2000 draftees, you got you to gotta dig pretty deep. Uh, you're looking at, you know, the likes of Mike Miller and uh, Kenny Martin. Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford, Quentin Richardson, some of the best players to emerge from that draft. So one of the weaker drafts in recent memory, but a solid number one pick uh, under the circumstances, given uh, the players who were available. Guys, Yeah, and contributed for a long time. So I think Kenyon Martin, a, a good choice here, and that's uh, certainly what I went Mike with Miller, as well. Also. Yeah, I mentioned Mike Miller. I had a long career in the league as a three-point specialist, and uh, more than that at different times uh, during his career as well. That's that's uh, getting back to the 2000 draft. Let's uh, let's keep going with uh, small forward from uh, Cincinnati. Who'd you have there? I have Jack Twyman. Oh yeah, Jack Twyman. This guy's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he has a pretty good year in the Hall of Fame. I would say so. So, what can you tell us about Jack Twyman? Drafted by the uh, Rochester Royals. Then, uh, yeah, um, Hall of Famer. Yeah, as I, I mentioned. Said. Yeah. Yeah, he played a lot of games. Played a lot of games. I mean, you look at his uh, games played uh, numbers for his career. I mean, he's uh, got a lot of that uh, bold type, so meaning that he uh, led the league or was tied for the league lead in, in uh, games played. A whole bunch of all-star appearances. I mean, he's got six of them to his credit. And uh, you look at those uh, points per game totals. I mean, this guy was uh, – he, he could really fill it up, as you like to say. 31.2 points per game in one year. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, no matter what the setting is, I mean, this is professional basketball. If you're scoring 30 points per game, you're a pretty legit scorer. So uh, yeah, certainly Jack Twyman. Yeah, I mean, you think of the 30-point scorers of today. I mean, obviously that number has changed over time depending on the pace of uh, play, that kind of stuff. But 
certainly means you can get the ball in the basket. And you know that that season was sandwiched with uh, a couple of uh, seasons where he averaged 25 points per game. So obviously a major scorer. We're watching a little video on uh, Jack Twyman earlier. How would you say he uh, he liked to play? This is pre uh, three point line. He liked to pop. Yeah, he de- he definitely liked to pop it. I mean, pretty pretty skilled uh, mid range shooter. I would say. I mean. Mid-range had a little bit of a different definition before there was a three-point line, but seemed to really like those uh, kind of leaning uh, jumpers from, I don't know, 15 feet out thereabouts. I mean, you know. Might have been like out. on the line of the current three-point line. Yeah, maybe maybe even, yeah, he might have been able to take a little bit of a step back. I mean, I think most of the shots you were seeing him take were closer because obviously no incentive to really pop from uh, as far out as the NBA three now. But a good shooter, high, I mean, high-quality shooter, and obviously uh, – uh, impactful player in his day. I mean, having, uh, you know, gotten as many all-star appearances as he did and making his way into the Hall of Fame. Who knows uh, how his game would translate today? I mean, it was so long ago. Got retired in uh, 1966, but really a strong, uh, strong small forward from uh, from Cincinnati, I would say. How about at the uh, at the two? Nick Van Exel. Yeah, tell me a little bit about uh, Nick Van Exel. He also went to Trinity. Trinity Valley. Community college. Yeah. Um, Sean Kemp also went there. And, um, yeah, he was a one-time All-Star. Yeah, this guy was pretty good. Yeah, Nick Van Exel uh, ran point for the uh, for the Lakers uh, upon coming into the league early in his career and then bounced around to a few different places and was a part of uh, some pretty high-quality teams. Guy could really pass. I mean, an excellent distributor. And a good three-point shooter as well. I mean, they shot 35% from the from uh, from three for his career across uh, 880 career games, a bunch of different locations. Despite being uh, just six one, able to uh, really get up. Yeah, I mean, he was good passer too. Nick the quick, Nick at night. Yeah, Nick at night. A reference to a uh, programming block on the uh, cable channel Nickelodeon, which was a channel for kids. I think Nickelodeon is still around in uh, various forms. Nick at Night was the uh, portion of the uh, programming that was uh, classic TV. So for the uh, the older generation trying to uh, reflect on uh, programming of their youth. But uh, Nick Van Exel, uh, a, you know, really uh, impressive player for his size, guy who could who could play the two despite uh, his six one stature because of the versatility of his game, able to uh, bomb away from three, but also really attack going to the basket. And we were watching some of his. Uh, Impressive finishes at the basket, both uh, you know finishing with uh, with you know, crafty, creative layups, but also just like straight up throwing down at uh, at six one. Could really, really get over the rim. A fun player to watch in his day, to be sure. I had him at my uh, my, my two guard as well because the point guard. Well, you got to save it for one of the all time greats. Who you got there? Oscar Robertson. So Hall of go. Famer, twelve-time All-Star, six-time assistant, eleven-time All-One-time uh, um, MVP, Rookie of the Year, um, three-time All-Star Game MVP, NBA champion. Yeah, the Big O, one one of the all-time greats. I mean, when you hear you know point guards referred to now, I mean they get stacked up against. The performance of uh, Oscar Robertson, a guy who did everything back in his day. Most triple doubles of all time. Yeah, no, Mr. I mean, Mr. Triple Double. Mr. Triple Double, exactly. I mean, a lot of discussion about Oscar Robertson in recent years as Russ has been racking up the triple doubles. You know, actually reached the point where he averaged a triple double for uh, for three consecutive years, talking about Russ. But before that, the only person who had ever done that 
was Oscar Robertson for one yeah. year. For one year, yeah. And uh, I mean, his uh, his career speaks for itself, as you mentioned. Number one all time in triple doubles, but beyond that, I mean, number three all time in assists per game, number three all time in minutes per game. You look at the minutes played uh, across his career; it's pretty remarkable. I mean, he was playing in an era where you know most of the meaningful minutes that were played by his teams he was going to be out there. So, I mean, a massive driver of team success, maybe even more so than any player is able to have now. I mean, you think about... You know, led his team to a title. Led his team to a title. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a really a remarkable player. I mean, someone who's, you know, it's kind of hard to uh, wrap your head around all the contributions he was able to make because, you know, there were less statistics available back then. I mean, you can't can't get into the weeds in the same way that you can with, with players now. No three-point shots, so who knows, like, how that would have impacted his game or, you know, the... the you know, the game of the, of the teams that he played on. But, I mean, all-star, every every season of his career from age 22 to age 33. And, I mean, as you mentioned, uh, just filling the stat sheet, you know, night after night. I mean, look at all the seasons in which he averaged 30 points per game or close to it. I mean. And tennis a game. Exactly. And tennis per game, too. So, I mean, you think of the, the usage he was putting up is just incredible. He was very close to a triple-double in, like, five, six years in a row. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, even if he wasn't getting to those uh, those round numbers, the double digits, he was uh, still pushing up on on those numbers for a long time. So w- one of the all time greats. Would you say he's uh, clearly the the best player from Cincinnati? Oh yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty clear cut there, and a uh, guy who you know not only uh, played uh, at University of Cincinnati, but also was a star on the Cincinnati Royals for uh, for a long time. So territorial draft pick. Yeah, territorial draft pick. I mean, uh, yeah, hearkening back to those uh, early way of. Um, Distributing NBA talent to uh, to various teams, so you might even call him Mister Cincinnati. This guy uh, was Cincinnati kid for sure. So let's uh, let's run down our, our starting five uh, for for Cincinnati, and we can get into some of the other players who are, are worth mentioning. Um, I have Sarah Corey, um, Coney Dick, Coney Deerking, Coney Deerking, Kyle Ford, Kenny Martin, Small Ford, Jack Twyman. Shooting guard Nick Van Exel and point guard Oscar Robertson. Yeah, and I had the same lineup with the exception of the uh, the difference that we had at center where I had Pat Cummings instead of Connie Deerking. Let's uh, get to a couple other players here who attended Cincinnati. There uh, were 37 players who attended Cincinnati who played in the NBA or ABA. Yeah, I want to talk about Lance Stevenson. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, this guy was – this guy – um, he's not in the league anymore, right? He actually is playing in China. We're, uh, it, it's uh, fu- funny that uh, we happen to be watching a game from the uh, Chinese Basketball Association yesterday. He's actually on the uh, Liaoning, uh, apologies if I uh, messed up the pronunciation there, uh, Flying Leopards. We were watching them yesterday with, uh, with uh, O.J. Mayo on, on the squad in addition Brandon to uh, Brandon Bass and uh, Han uh, Dejun. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly as well. Number 55, the captain of the team. But uh, as you mentioned, uh, Lance Stevenson, not currently in the NBA, but uh, still, you know, has, has an opportunity to get back in. Played as recently yeah. as last year. Uh, yeah, what, what else can you tell us about uh, about Lance? He was a huge prospect uh, coming up in Brooklyn. I mean, having been, uh, you know, having gone to Lincoln High School, which uh, produced yeah. the likes of uh, Stephon Marbury and Sebastian Telfair as well. So, yeah, he's very strong. Very, very strong. Six foot six, 230, but like real muscular. Uh, able to defend big wing players. I mean, I know he's had some really storied matchups against uh, the likes of LeBron James in, in the past, uh, you know, particularly during his time with the Pacers going up against uh, LeBron in the playoffs when LeBron was with the Heat and with, with the Cavs as well. 
Uh, any other notes you want to make about uh, Lance Stevenson? No, not really. Yeah, not, not really. Uh, not really uh, too notable as as an offensive player. Kind of, um, you know, mostly making his impact felt on the on the defensive end, as we just mentioned with the physicality. But a guy who could, you know, was capable of filling it up as well. And uh, only twenty nine years of age right now, so still an opportunity to get back into the league. I think with, with his size and uh, defensive prowess. Yeah, didn't didn't play for long at, at Cincinnati. So this was uh, just a, a brief cameo at Cincinnati before moving on to the league as a, as a pretty young guy made his NBA debut in his age twenty season. Uh, just a couple more guys we want to uh, mention from uh, University of Cincinnati before we move on to the comparison. Danny Fortson. Uh, what can you tell us about him? We watched a little video on him as well. Yeah, he was saying he's very focused on rebounding. Very very focused on rebounding. Averaged uh, just twenty minutes a game in his NBA career, but was. Uh, a rebounding machine. I mean, average, you know, 7.2 rebounds per game. That, again, that's in 20 minutes a game. So, I mean, if you're, you know, looking at that over, uh, you know, 36 minutes or something like that, he's averaging, you know, more like 13 rebounds per game. So really focused on that end of the floor, kind of a wide physical uh, big man, despite kind of being more short of, uh, of stature. Actually, a few uh, Cincinnati players who kind of fit this mold, I, I think notably of uh, – Jason Maxiel, who uh, played in the league for, for a while, was a component of some Pistons teams. Also kind of a shorter guy, but pretty wide and really strong. And, you know, a guy who played power forward, uh, able to create space with his with his uh, size and, and uh, be a pretty meaningful player on the uh, rebounding aspect of the game. Also wanted to mention uh, Bob Weisenhahn. Uh, any, any thoughts on him? This guy played back in uh, the 1961-62 NBA season. And uh, he got, you know, got a couple of buckets here and there. All right. So without uh, without belaboring this for too much longer, we're already running uh, kind of long on this segment. We'll take another quick break and we'll be back to compare these two squads. And we'll wrap up this episode by doing our typical position by position comparison of these two lineups from Marquette and Cincinnati. We'll start at the center spot with Marquette center. Um. Jim Jones. Jim Jones and Cincinnati center Connie Dierking. Who you got? Um, I got Jim Jones. Yeah. Uh, what made you go that direction? Um, I just think he was a better overall player. I think better offensively. Yeah, a little bit more accomplished. I tend to agree a little more recent as well. So that, all right, that'll give uh, Marquette a one nothing edge as we head to the power forward matchup where we've got Maurice Lucas of Marquette and Kenyon Martin of Cincinnati. Who you got? I got Maurice Lucas. Yeah, what's your thinking here? Um, I think he, I think he played for longer. Um, he, I definitely think he, I just think he was a better player overall. Yeah, and part of a championship team. I mean, a mm-hmm. t- team that got all the way as opposed to uh, you know a team that went to the finals like Kenya Martin was a part of. I think that's a reasonable call. I mean, I think that one is not not a total walkover, but I'll, yes. I'll agree with you on that. So that's a two nothing lead for Marquette heading into the uh, small forward position, where we've got Jimmy Butler from Marquette and Jack Twyman from Cincinnati. Who you got there? You got to go, Jack Twyman, Hall of Famer. Yeah, just that he's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, his reputation, uh, yeah. his career, all in the bag at this point. Yeah. There's a chance Jimmy Butler could surpass him. Oh yes, for sure. I think it's very close, actually. Yeah, I think it's a close call as well. I mean, you know, I don't think Jimmy Butler is that many high-quality seasons removed from being a potential Hall of Famer himself, despite having gotten off to a slow start in his career, relatively speaking. But I'll agree with you there as well. So that uh, gives Jack Twyman 
uh, the edge there. How about at, uh, at shooting guard? We've got Marquette's Dwayne Wade and Nick Van Exel of Cincinnati. Um, you got to go Dwayne Wade. I think you definitely do have to go Dwayne Wade there. Uh, speaks for itself, Dwayne Wade, uh, a certain Hall of Famer, Nick Van Exel, just a high-quality player for a whole bunch of years, and he's going up against a pretty tough uh, opponent there. At point guard, we got uh, Marquette's Doc Rivers, and this is uh, just talking about him as a player, versus uh, Big O, Oscar Robertson from Cincinnati. Um, you got to go Big O. Yeah, I think you definitely do have to go Big O. So that, that's going to put us at a 3-2 for Marquette, I believe, in terms of the uh, – the matchups here. Is that how you think it would actually go? You think Marquette would come out victorious over Cincinnati if they were actually to ball out? Actually, I don't. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, right? Because, I mean, with, with Oscar Robertson running the show, that really does uh, – it, it changes things quite a bit. One you of got two All-Famers against the team with zero All-Famers. We'll, we'll end up with maybe two. Yeah, I think Doc Rivers is, is going to make the Hall of Fame for sure. I mean, he, As a coach. Yeah, I mean, his contributions overall to, to the game, I think, are, are certainly worthy of it. And uh, in terms of Dwayne Wade, I mean, uh, yeah, he's not technically in yet, but, I mean, he's going for sure. Yes. No, no question about that. So, yeah, I think this, this is a, a really interesting matchup. I mean, you think, uh, you think Cincinnati might, uh, might be able to prevail? Yes. Yeah, I'm really not totally sure which way I think this would go. I mean, I, I think it'd be uh, – I think Jack Twyman, despite being a Hall of Famer, would probably be pretty overmatched trying to deal with, you know, similarly sized uh, Jimmy Butler. I mean, Butler coming along so much later and, you know, so much more physical of a player. But it's also hard to compare these guys. I mean, yes, sure. Jack Twyman, I mean, like, you know, he couldn't possibly have anticipated the likes of Jimmy Butler. I mean, he never had to face someone like that in his entire career. So it's, uh, yeah, an interesting discussion. And, of course, uh, we'll never know the uh, the real answer. All, all we can do is uh, is chat about it. And that's what we'll continue to do. We'll uh, we'll be back again in just a couple of days with uh, our next episode, and uh, we very much appreciate you joining us. Um, if you're enjoying, please leave a writing review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, we're uh, we're pretty much everywhere now. We're uh, on Podknife, on Apple Podcasts, on Breaker, on Anchor, on uh, Radio Public. Uh, basically, I mean, Google Podcasts. I mean, any anywhere you get your podcast, we'd very much appreciate a listen and a subscription and a rating and review. Uh, if you ever get the inclination to uh, to do that, so thanks, uh, thanks so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Bye.